American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. So now I'm obsessed with time. Come on, tell me about the time. Had it all in my head tonight. Had the time of my life. When the words all come down, like blues on Tuesdays come down. Throw it all away. Throw it all away. Welcome to another episode of American Timelines. I'm Amy and that's Joe. And we are back in your ear. Sorry it's a little bit late. We're recording this on the day we usually release it. That's correct. But we are busy. Right. We're busy people and I am sipping an ice cold slurp, little slurp by Noda Brewing. I bet it's gross. Oh my God, I love it. I'm in love with it. It's my new favorite beer. You're kidding. Yeah, I can't get enough of it. I hope it's not. Let me taste this. You did and you hated it. You tried it last week. It's real bitter, but it's real sour. It's like very grapefruity. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, you're, Amy's not an IPA fan, so she hates it. But speaking of things you drink, I'd like to mention really quick uh, something called Magic Mind, which is a delicious potion, uh, quick shot that you can take every day and help you focus. It helps me drink less caffeine. It helps my mind stay sharp and remember things. It's awesome, and everyone loves it. And uh, you should check it out. You can use my code from American Timelines to get a discount, uh, 56% off a subscription for the next 10 days with my code American20. Go to www.magicmind.co slash American. Use the code American20 to get up to 56% off a subscription. You'll like it. You need to do it every day. Get it a couple days to get in your system. And you'll just notice so much better clarity uh, it's, you know, less caffeine. You won't be jittery. It's got matcha, bacopa manieri, ashwagandha, rhodiola rosacea. You know what rhodiola is? It's not an areola. I was going to say, I like rosacea your... sounds like a disease of some sort. No, rosca, not rosacea. I think, mm. Did I say rosacea? rosacea. Rosia. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It's a, it's a nootropic and an adaptogen that reduces fatigue and anxiety. Nobody likes anxiety. Get rid of that fucking anxiety. It's got cordyceps, mushrooms. It's the talk of the town. Check out Magic Mind. You are going to love it, baby. Woo, Magic Mind. And with that, let's jump in to All right. June. We're in summer. Yes, summer. June, June and July of 1958. Of 1958. And, and really quick, I'm going to also <clears throat> give a little warning that this episode, some of my stuff might be wonky. Some of it. Because right. I try, I'm trying, we both decided to try chat GPT, is that what you call yes. it? Yes. Chat GPT, where Amy was like, hey, have you heard of this? And I had heard of it, and I tried it before, and it doesn't ever work good. But and she was like, try this time it. was no exception. Yeah. It straight up lies. Like, you can put yeah. up stuff in there. And some of that I did. I, like, typed in, tell me about this story that happened in history. And I'm on Wikipedia, you know, looking up the story, and it'll type up stuff. It'll be wrong. It'll get the dates wrong. And I was like, I thought it happened in this date. Oh yeah, you're right. I I was wrong. I was I made a mistake. Well, and ChatGPT is an AI. Did you say that? Yeah, it's an AI. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say that. So it's like it. It's like ask me a question. But or I don't get how whatever. it how it works. Doesn't it just search the internet? Apparently, it that, doesn't. It doesn't, I guess, because. You know what though, I wonder. 
I remember when I asked it a specific question yeah. to summarize an article. It said it, it's pr the browsing features were turned off. It didn't have browsing capabilities. You, I had to enable browsing capabilities. Oh. And I didn't. This is an app? You used an app? No, I, this was Chat GPT. On, on your phone? Uh, on my phone, yeah. But it's an app. You're it's using an app. an app? See, I was using a website version. Well, then. Oh, okay. Maybe that. I, maybe that's the difference. Maybe I'm. I'm just thinking. Maybe it just made mine up, whole cloth. Well, I think our friend Gruff from the Gruff and Loud show was explaining to me that they were. He listened to NPR and they talked about it. How it's supposed to be this great thing. You think it's this great thing, but they're finding it just lies. Like it. Oh. It just, it has its own brain. And it just makes up stuff. It yeah. just Fills in stuff. And so one of the things I asked it was who's. What's the Gruff and Loud show? And it said it's two comedians talking about pop culture, and the comedians are James Farnsworth and Bobby Hazard. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, it isn't. And I looked up, maybe there is another Gruff and Loud show, and there isn't. Mm -hmm. And those names don't even exist. Those aren't comedians. They, they made them up. It just lied. That's so funny. But here's the description AI, ChatGPT, said about American Timelines. I think this kind of... Kind of accurate. It said the American Timelines podcast is a history podcast that explores the major events, people, and cultural trends of American history from pre-colonial times to the uh, present day. We haven't delved <laughs> too much into pre-colonial times. Yeah, I don't think we ever have. No. The podcast is hosted by Amy and Joe, a married couple who are both history enthusiasts. I don't know if you're a history enthusiast. Yeah, I like that. I love history. Each episode focuses on a specific year in American history and covers a range of topics, including politics, culture, sports, and entertainment. That's kind of true. Yeah. In addition to providing an overview of the major events and figures of each year, the podcast also delves into lesser-known stories and interesting tidbits of history. The hosts use a conversational tone and inject humor into their discussions, making the podcast engaging and accessible to listeners of all ages and backgrounds. Well, that's a glowing endorsement. That's pretty good. Except it says the American Timelines podcast has been on the air since 2017. And it's covered over 250 years of American history. No, that's not true. It is available on all major podcast platforms, and new episodes are released on a regular basis. So it, w it didn't start till 2018. It was wrong oh, about okay. that. Uh, and it's not. I don't think we've done 250 years. We've done the 50s through the 90s. Yeah, that's it's only, not only 50 years. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about we've gone back times, but not every once in yeah. a while. But anyway, so ChatGPT is not good, and we both tried to save time by using it this time because i've been swamped at work yeah you got some new kids in your classroom you've been yeah. busy so preface none of this might be true mine i did i you ditched went back my jet yeah. yeah i didn't even so, use it i just threw it away and i just did my own so so you're just reading off of somebody's articles word for word no i got a few articles that i mashed together and oh good and there you go together. that's better so but mine will be Based on history, but they might there might be some wrong things. So please, let me know if it's wrong or if it sounds wrong. We might I might check live. Okay. Okay. June first, the RCA tape cartridge, a forerunner of 1963's compact cassette that would become the industry standard, was demonstrated in a press conference by the RCA company as the first tape recording system, and it was enclosed in its own case and saved users from having to thread a tape into a machine. Oh. So this was the stereo tape cartridge. It was seven inches by five inches uh, compared to the, the one that became standard was four by two and a half. Yeah. You know, so it was a big tape. There was a picture of it online if you want to see it. Um, 
That was interesting to me when tape started. Mm-hmm. And then June 2nd was a Monday. We have our first birthday. This is a great birthday. Amy's going to love. Hit it, Matt Truman Ego Trip. Give us the birthday theme song that Amy hates. Amy, Amy hates birthdays. Amy hates birthdays. I don't hate the theme song. I love the theme song. You do? Yes. Because Matt Truman's a talented motherfucker. Yes. You got to admit that guy. That guy's a talent. He's got it going on. He's probably in the nip department. Matt Truman. Yeah, Matt Truman does have great nipples. Number one and number two, he's probably the most talented guy who's not a rich and famous musician. Right. Like he should be. Yes. Like he got screwed. Right. I mean, he still could have a shot at it, but we're getting older. But that dude's got more talent in his. All right. Anal beads than I have ever had. Anyway, uh, Lawrence Wendell Fole was born. P F O H L. Okay. He went to high school at Orchard Park High School in Orchard Park, New York. The team mascot of Orchard Park is the Quaker. Team colors are blue and white. And notable alumni include Rob Gronkowski, former famous tight end. Uh, you know who Lawrence Wendell Fole is? No. Here's a hint. He is a wrestler named Lex Luger. <laughs> Why would you say I would love that one? Because um, they're the Quakers. This is his team. No, that's not why. I was fooling you. You were. You totally tricked me. Well, the same day Lex Luger was born, Mildred Jeter and Richard Loving were married. Have you ever heard of them? No. They were a couple who became famous for their fight against racial discrimination in the U.S., Mildred was African-American and Native American, and Richard was white, and they fell in love and got married in 1958 in Washington, D.C. However, their marriage was illegal in their home state of Virginia, where laws prohibited interracial marriage. In 1959, the couple was arrested and charged with violating Virginia's anti-miscegenation law. Uh, They pleaded guilty and were sentenced to one year in prison. Isn't that fucking ridiculous? That is the worst. But the judge suspended their sentence on the condition that they leave Virginia and not return together for 25 years. God. Isn't that crazy? That's horrible. Like, that's the thing they bring up when they everybody tries to go against gay marriage and everything. Everybody's like, you know, interracial marriage was wrong, too. Are you going to go against that, too? Well, and there was already um, a ruling that they, or a law that was passed. I don't remember which, but it was that you can deny somebody a marriage based on sexual orientation, racial makeup, or um, interfaith marriages. You can you can refuse to. This is a certain state or all marry a certain state. Yeah, I think it was Idaho or somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, that sucks. Mildred and Richard moved to D.C., but they missed their families and home in Virginia. In 1963, they wrote a letter to Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, who referred them to the American Civil Liberties Union. And they took up their case and eventually went to the Supreme Court. Over, and then they. Overfell, or what's it? What is the case called? Loving. Oh, Loving. Lo- Loving, that's Loving right. yeah. Um, Overfell's the other one. Loving versus Virginia. Um, and in ni- by 1967, that might not be right because Chad GPD is always a liar. Uh, the anti miscegenation laws were unconstitutional were declared that in this case. Uh, and Mildred and Richard's marriage was legal. Good. And that decision struck down similar laws in other states and marked a significant victory for civil rights. Uh, 
And Mildred and Richard continued to live in Virginia and raise their family. However, Richard tragically died in a car accident in 1975, and Mildred passed away in 2008. Mm. Uh, But their courage and perseverance in the face of discrimination and injustice have made them an inspiration to many and a symbol of the struggle for civil rights in the U.S. Yes. And thank you for not being racist. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. And then June seventh, we're all racist in a if we if we're white in this country. Yeah, I guess anything you do is. I well, mean, you done. can't you can't help it. I mean, we've been a educated in this country. Well, thanks for not being overtly anti anti uh, interracial marriage. Yeah, really. June seventh was a Saturday in 1958, and the SS Edmund Fitzgerald was launched from the Great Lakes Engineering Works shipyard at River Rouge, Michigan. Mm-hmm. At 729 feet in length, she would be the largest freighter on the North American Great Lakes for more than a dozen years, but eventually would go down with a crew of 29 mm-hmm. in 1975. You remember the Edmund Fitzgerald, right? Yes. The the, and I was in a play called 10 November. That's right. That. The same day that the Edmund Fitzgerald was launched, we have an awesome birthday. This birthday you will okay. like. Okay. Hit it, Matt Truman. Amy, Amy hates birthday. Minneapolis on June 7th, 1958. You remember the first episode of 1958? I told you three awesome pop stars were born in the same year. Yeah. This is one of them. The son of jazz singer Maddie Della and pianist and songwriter John Lewis Nelson. All four of his grandparents were from Louisiana. His great aunt was the black nationalist Minnie Maud Lena Gordon, who established the peace movement of Ethiopia and advocated emigration to West Africa in response to American white supremacy. The jazz drummer Louis Hayes was his paternal cousin. Louis Armstrong? He was named no. after his <laughs> no. father's most popular stage name, Prince Rogers, which his father used while performing with Prince's mother in a jazz group called the Prince Rogers Trio. He went to Central High School in Minneapolis, home of the Minutemen, team colors red and blue. Notable alumni of that school are James Hong, the actor. You don't know a guy who's... Named after his dad's stage name, Prince Rogers from Minneapolis. Prince. It's an amazing pop star. Prince. Oh. Yeah, I even said Prince's f- mother. Prince was born. Oh. Prince is now in the world. Woohoo. And you can and all- And he was, came out in high heels. Yeah, he was the man. He was wearing high, high heels and sparkles. He, yep. And purple. A lot of purple. That's right. And then June 9th, 1958, uh, a dog died in France. Oh. Uh, Fuck. Amber Alert. Amber Alert. Uh-oh. Why an Amber Alert? Yeah. Who's it for? Somebody we know? No, I don't know. Just told a car description. Anyway, I guess I deleted this whole story. That sucks. It uh, does not been worthwhile. Shit. No, this was a great story, and I lost it. Anyway, I guess I'll just tell you what I remember of it. A dog named Fido, meaning faithful one, died in France. And this is where they get the name Fido. Oh. And this dog waited for its owner every single day at the bus. Uh, And um, I can't remember whatever happened with Fido, but he would wait every day. And then one day he got 
hit by a car. Oh my god! And the guy came home, and his d- and Fido wasn't there. Jesus Christ! And let me just go kill myself right now. Yeah, it was. It's very sad. It was a big long story that I had. Maybe I just got too sad and I deleted it. <sighs> Shit. But anyway, that's the original Fido. Look it up. Um, he was in France, and Fido means faithful one. It was a real dog in France uh, that this the owner had rescued, and so the mm-hmm. dog couldn't wait to see his his owner every day, just like Wheezy. Can't wait to see me every day. And then Tuesday, June 10th, 1958, uh, the tornado that hit El Dorado, Kansas, was one of the deadliest and most destructive tornadoes in Kansas history that day. Yikes. It was a, a part of a larger outbreak of severe weather that affected the central United States, including Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. Killed 13 people in El Dorado and injured more than 100 others. It also caused significant damage to the town's infrastructure, including water and power systems. The tornado's path of destruction extended for several miles beyond the town, causing additional damage and destruction. On Wednesday, June 11th, 1958, I don't know what your date is, by the way. The 21st. Of June? Of June. Okay. Um, Wednesday, June 11th, Sherman Adams. Do you know who Sherman Adams was? Sherman Williams? Sherman Adams. Sherman Hemsley? American politician. Sherman Hemsley is from Amen. And the Jeffersons. Correct. And one other show. Oh, Archie Bunker. Yeah, Archie Bunker. Speaking of Archie Bunker, I saw this cool thing on YouTube that I I think I'm going to fall down a rabbit hole. There's a lady who is like an architect, mm-hmm. and she's made virtual uh, like floor plans, like very accurate. It looks real. They look real. Mm-hmm. Of sitcom homes. Oh. So you can see the walls that, that you know, that you can't wall. see the fourth wall. You can yeah. see the fourth wall. And they they d- they decide what it would look like and put a TV on it and stuff. It's really cool. Hmm. Anyway, the All in the Family home was the first one I saw. Oh. Sherman Adams was an American politician who served as the chief of staff to President Dwight D. Eisenhower mm-hmm. from 53 to 58. But Adams was implicated in a scandal in 1958, which ultimately led to his resignation and tarnished his political career. The scandal became known as the Visuna Code Affair. Mm-hmm. Visuna, V-I-C-U-N-A, is that how you say that? I don't know. Vichuna. Uh Involved allegations that Adams had accepted gifts from wealthy businessmen named Bernard Goldfein. A wealthy businessman named Bernard Goldfein. Adams had accepted gifts from a wealthy businessman named Bernard Goldfein. He was under investigation by the Federal Trade Commission at the time, and Adams was accused of using his position in the White House to pressure the FTC to drop its investigation. Specifically, Adams was alleged to have accepted a $3,000 Vicuna coat, Visuna coat, whatever, uh, whatever, however you say that. Mm-hmm. I want to Google it from Goldfine. And we bribed him with gifts and favors and stuff. Yeah. Vicuna. 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 A Vicuna coat. From Goldfine, along with other gifts and favors, the scandal caused a major political uproar, with many calling for Adams to resign. And he eventually did, uh, but was later cleared of any criminal wrongdoing. But the scandal had already damaged his reputation and ended his political career. That was the Vicuña Coat affair. Hmm. Very interesting. Now you know about that. And then Not. They're not interested. Just kidding. Just kidding. On Thursday, June twelfth, nineteen fifty-eight, the English Tiddlywinks Association nice. was created by students at Christ College within the University of Cambridge to serve as the supreme rulemaking and tournament coordinating body of the game of Tiddlywinks. 
Tiddlywinks, anyone? Tiddlywinks, anyone? Pip, pip, cheerio. Let's play some Tiddlywinks with our dicks out. You know how to play Tiddlywinks? No, I know it involves little chips of some sort. Yep. Do you know? You got to flip winks into a cup or a pot. Oh. Uh, with small discs. Well, the discs are winks, and you flip other winks. I don't know. I don't really know. But it can be traced back to the late 1800s. I bet if you learned, you would become obsessed with it, like you do with everything Me? else. Yeah, you would be like, oh my God, I got to start a tiddlywinks competition. Play competition. A bunch of crazy British people with bad teeth would come out of the woodworks and want to yeah. play. Then Monday, June 16th. The hula hoop is patented officially. Nice. The hula hoop has its origins in ancient civilizations, particularly in Egypt and Greece, where hoops made of materials such as grapevines and bamboo were used for exercise and entertainment. However, the modern version of the hula hoop was invented in the 1950s by a man named Arthur Spud Mellon and his partner Richard Nur. <laughs> they co-founded the Whammo Toy Company and nice. were inspired to create a plastic hoop after seeing children in Australia playing with bamboo hoops. Yes. There you go. Uh, f- and the name is brilliant. Why? Just because it comes right off the tongue. Hula and hoop? you kind of do a hula when you're in it to keep it on your waist. You kind of have to dance. do the hula. The first plastic hula hoop was made of polyethylene, introduced in 1958. It became a big fad in the 50s. Yes, it you did. You always hear 50s people doing that mm-hmm. they did a hula hoop contest uh, at the queen city comedy experience during the adult spelling bee mm-hmm. where you take shots between rounds of spelling bee uh, between rounds of spelling mm-hmm. and some drunk woman took her top off while she was hula hooping it was awesome nice. june 24th 1958 inventor Mar- maris oh wait yours is june 21st yes that brings us to your date june 21st uh, which was a uh, Saturday, I believe. So in June of 1958, um, yeah. 42-year-old Gene Hilliker Elroy. Gene Hilliker. Elroy. And her, Hilliker. her name was Geneva Hilliker Elroy, but she went by Gene. Okay. She was the mother of the famous crime writer James Elroy. Oh. Was, wait, writer? Writer, yeah. Crime writer? Yes. James Elroy, okay. Yeah. She was brutally murdered in her home in El Monte, California. Oh, no. Later described by him as a buxom redhead, a divorcee, a lush. She brought home strange men, and her son James often called them uncle. Wait, that was her daughter? Her dad called her this? No, her son, when he grew up. He later wrote about it. He's a writer. Oh, this is the mother. His mother got I thought murdered. He, I thought his daughter got no, murdered. No, his mother. Okay, okay. When he, when sorry. she was young, younger. I see. I'm sorry. I'm now you're with smart. me? Yeah, I'm with you. All right. I'm drinking so, beers. on a morning in June 1958, some little leaguers found her body in some shrubs next to the high school. Oh, man. She had been strangled and possibly raped. Her stockings were tied around her neck. Yikes. The basic facts of the case are these. On the evening of June 21st, 1958... Jean Elroy was seen drinking in the Desert Inn Bar in El Monte, the low-rent eastern L.A. suburb where she and her son were living. The Desert Inn Bar, okay. She was joined by a young blonde woman with a ponytail and a tall, swarthy man in his 40s. And that's what they kept describing him as, swarthy. Swarthy? Yeah. Like, is that like smarmy? No. What does swarthy mean? Well, look it up. Oh, I thought you would just tell me. It's like, I I know what it means. I just don't know how to say it. You just can't describe it. it? I've never heard it before. Swarthy is dark-skinned. Oh, that's not what I've... 
She looks frail, sitting next to a strong and swarthy brother. Dark-complected, dark-skinned, tanned. I guess I always so thought it, it was like something a little different either. than that. Yeah, I guess I didn't. All right, anyway. I accept your apology. Anyway. Anyway. Um, Where was I? You were talking about her swarthy. All right, Gene and the man were seen. She was drinking with a, a dark guy, a dark-skinned guy. Gene and the man were seen leaving the bar together at 10 p.m. The next morning, some kids discovered her body in the shrubs by Ar- Arroyo High School athletic field. The coroner concluded she'd been killed elsewhere and dragged to the bushes. Dried blood under her fingernails indicated she'd put up a struggle as her killer squeezed the life out of her. Mm. All the leads in the case went nowhere. Now, Jean had been married to James Elroy's father. Okay. And they had divorced in 1954. Okay. Uh, Irreconcilable differences was the reasoning. Um, And um, he said... James Elroy wrote when he wrote later about this. Yeah. He said she majored in booze and minored in men. He guzzled Alka-Seltzer for his ulcer and chased women with an equal lack of discernment. I found my mother in bed with strange men. My father hid his liaisons from me. I loved him more from the gate. So then in 1956... I loved him more from the gate. So like from the beginning, he always loved his dad more. Okay. In 1956, Jean and James moved to Santa Monica. She worked as a nurse in an electric plant. She got a boyfriend named Hank, according to James, a fat lowlife missing a thumb. A uh, fat lowlife named Hank with no thumb. Early in 1958, they moved again to a house in El Monte, California, a downscale suburb. Most streets were unpaved. Most residents parked on their lawns. Yeah, I'm he, looking at the map of it now, where Arroyo High School is. It's right next to Peck Road Water Conservation Park, an Arcadia golf course. Here is how James Elroy describes the day his mother was killed. That weekend is etched in hyper-focus. I remember seeing the Vikings at the Fox Wilshire Theater. I remember a spaghetti dinner at Iaconelli's restaurant. I remember a TV fight card. I don't know what that means. Uh, I remember it's a fight. It's a, it's a boxing match. Oh, I remember the bus ride back to El Monte as long and hot. My father put me in a cab at the depot and waited for a bus back to L.A. The cab dropped me at my house. I saw three black and white police cars. I saw my neighbor, Mrs. Kriske, on the sidewalk. I saw four plainclothes cops and instinctively recognized them as such. Mrs. Kritzke said, that's the boy. A cop took me aside. Son, your mother's been killed. I didn't cry. Didn't cry? The police reconstructed the crime scene. Jean went out drinking Saturday night. She was seen at the Desert Inn Bar in El Monte with a dark-haired white man and a blonde woman. So he says it's a dark-haired white man. She and the man left the bar at around 10 p.m. So like maybe tan. Maybe that's what... She was found in the bushes the next morning strangled. She had clawed her assailant bloody. We already said that. A a neighbor identified Jean as there was no identification found with her body. The employees at the bar confirmed that she was there. She had arrived alone at 8 o'clock, and then the man and woman had later joined her. None of the staff had ever seen any of them before. Um, Now, this one says, this other resource says... The man was a swarthy Caucasian or a Mexican. Okay. So I guess swarthy does have to do with being Caucasian, like a, a white person who's just tan skin. darker, like a tan or white person? He was about 40 years old, thin, between 5 feet 9 and 6 feet tall. The woman was white, blonde, and in her late 20s. She wore hair tied back in a ponytail. No one heard them exchange names. A waitress recalled that a regular named Michael Whitaker had several drinks with the dead woman and the two unknowns. 
A, a waitress supplied more names. Every known patron in the bar Saturday night. The sergeant, Sergeant Hallinan and Lawton were the police officers that... Hallinan and Lawton? Yeah. Okay. They checked the El Monte PD arrest docket and learned that Michael Whitaker was picked up plain drunk at 4 a.m. He, w- he was spotted on foot near Stan's drive-in and sobered up in the El Monte drunk tank and was released at 9 a.m. Okay. So the known patrons were brought in and questioned. Several remembered seeing Jean with the swarthy man and the blonde, but none of them ever had seen her before. None of them had ever seen the swarthy man or the blonde. Whitaker's memory was booze-addled, it said. He couldn't recall the name of the woman he was currently shacked up with. He said he danced with my mother and hit her up for a Sunday night date. She declined because her son was coming back from a weekend with his father. Whitaker said the swarthy man told him his name. He couldn't remember it. He said he saw the swarthy man and Jean leave together at about 10 p.m. The swarthy man told Whitaker his name. But he couldn't remember it. Couldn't remember it. A waitress confirmed Whitaker's account. Yes, Michael fell off the chair. Yes, the redhead left with the swarthy man. Police retained a sketch artist. Desert Inn patrons and employees described the swarthy man, and the artist drew up a likeness. The drawing was circulated to newspapers and every police agency in Los Angeles County. The Desert Inn crew examined thousands of mugshots and failed to identify the swarthy man. Officers. Swarthy man. I'm getting tired of hearing the swarthy man. Swarthy man. Uh, officers canvassed the area around Arroyo High School, and no one had noticed suspicious activity late Saturday or Sunday morning. Police interrogated a, a lot of local cranks, perverts, and career misogynists, <laughs> but no lead accumulated. No hard Frank. suspects emerged. On Wednesday, June 25th, a witness came forth. Okay. A stands drive-in car hop named LaVon Chambers. Okay. Police interviewed her. Her testimony, recorded verbatim, was precise, articulate, and perceptive. Everything she said was new. She huh. served the swarthy man and Jean. Really? On two different occasions. Okay. Late Saturday night and early Sunday morning. She described the swarthy man's car, which was a 55 or 56 dark green olds. Okay. She said that the sketch was accurate and ID'd the man as white, not Latin. Okay. They arrived. But still swarthy. But still swarthy. She agrees he's swarthy. He's swarthy. They arrived at 1020 shortly after their Desert Inn departure. They talked vivaciously and seemed to have been drinking. Okay. The man had coffee. The woman had a grilled cheese sandwich. They ate in their car and left a half hour later. I love a good grilled cheese sandwich. I know. Don't you love it? From a restaurant? I know. I don't know why it's so much better at a restaurant. I know. You can make it at home. Convection oven. Oh, it's a convection oven. Oh, Can you imagine how good a 50s grilled cheese sandwich tastes when you're drunk? Oh, man. Cigarettes, cigarettes, and donuts. I'd like to get 50s drunk and eat donuts and cigarettes. and Cigarette and donut sandwich, please. In the 50s. Man, if I woke up tomorrow in the 50s, yeah, it'd suck. No cell phones, no whatever, but I'd be eating high in the hall. I'd go to every diner, have a heart attack by the time I'm... That that waitress, Miss Chambers, she had worked late that night. Okay. She said Jean and the swarthy man had returned at around 2 a.m. Okay. He ordered coffee. He seemed quiet and sullen. This is post-coital, probably. Jean right? was quite high and chatted gaily. Okay. The man acted bored with her. Miss Chambers said Jean looked slightly disheveled. The top of her dress was unbuttoned and one breast was spilling out. See, it is post-coital. Yes. Yeah. Sergeant Hallinan, do you think they might have been had a petting party? <laughs> Miss Chambers said maybe. A petting party. They left at 2.45. Jean Elroy's body was discovered eight hours later. The coroner oh, noted no. signs of recent intercourse. Jean's lungs were severely congested. Wait, there, there were signs? There were, but oh, they couldn't yeah. tell if it was right. uh, consensual. Jean's yeah. lungs were severely congested, presumably from years of heavy smoking. Yeah. She died of lig- ligature asphyxiation. She sustained se- several blows to the head. Her fingernails were caked with blood, skin, and beard fragments. Oh, so somebody, she was trying to fight. She fought back. That's right. The case Then the case went cold. 
then early in 1970, two women wrote homicide and informed to whom it may concern that they believed their respective ex-husbands murdered Jean Hilliker Elroy. Really? Woman number one stated that her ex worked at Packard Bell and had had affairs with Jean and two other women there. The man behaved in a suspicious fashion in the weeks following the killing and hit her when she pressed him about his whereabouts on the night of June 21st. Mm. Woman number two said that her ex-husband harbored a long-standing grudge against Jean. She refused to process a worker's compensation claim that the man had proffered, and his resentment sent him off, off the deep end. Mm. Woman number two's included a postscript. Her ex-husband torched a furniture warehouse in 1968 to avenge a dinette set repossession. Wow. So both letters read vindictively sincere. Both were respectful of police authority. Memorandums indicated that the leads were checked out. One detective interviewed both ex-husbands, and he concluded that the allegations were groundless and that the women really? did not know each other and thus could not have colluded. Huh. So oh, they, oh, they don't know. The two don't know each other. Yeah. Well, just, how would you avenge a dinette set repossession? <laughs> <laughs> that, With like, arson, apparently. Yeah, arson is a good way. Yeah. I'm trying to think how I would avenge a dinette set repossession. I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. And then the last part of, just said uh, uh, this is like a relatively obscure homicide. Oh. And so we're not going to find out who There did were it. these two similarly. These two similar accusations, unrelated to each yeah. other, 11 years after the crime. Yeah. 11 and a half years after the crime. So it's just weird. Oh, those two that you just yeah. said were 11 and a half years after afterwards? the It was not until the 70s it happened. Huh. I think it's, I can see, I don't know about the guy who burned down the place because of the dinette set, but the other one <laughs> that had an affair, I could see that guy being involved. Maybe being he's pissed. the swarthy man. Or just being pissed that the swarthy man was involved. So her son, James Elroy, had ended up writing some book about... Well, you think it was the swarthy man that was with her that did it? That nobody knows who he was? So you yeah. Think it was him? Yeah. I mean, no, they just don't know who he was. Like, what would make him suddenly kill her after he already it, did it and everything? Unless he... Unless... Like, I wonder if she went and passed out after or somebody saw them together. Yeah, maybe it was an accidental death. And he didn't... And he, like, saw that it was going to look really bad. Or, like, maybe it was like she died. I don't know. Well, they had already had their postcoital. What I'm guessing unless, is somebody um, saw them unless together. She, unless it was a rape. And she didn't want. She was so drunk she didn't. She didn't want it. She and and she afterwards. She, he raped her. And then he had felt like he had to kill her because she would tell. But they went out afterwards. Oh, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were out at the diner afterwards. Which yeah, makes me think know. somebody might have saw them stumbling home from the diner. Mm -hmm. But they might have been so drunk. Who knows? Who knows? We'll yeah, never we'll know, never know, sadly. I know it. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Well, that brings us to uh, June 24th. Can we take a break? Yeah, well, let me just finish June, and then we'll take a break. Okay. That. that sounds good. June 24th was a Tuesday when inventor Maris C. Logan of the Thomas & Betts Electrical Supply Company applied for the patent of the first zip tie. Wow. Which would be marketed under the brand name Tie Wrap. Uh, and I thought, I only kept that because if he hadn't invented that, there'd be so many less murders. And there wouldn't have been those idiots at the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, when those they had assholes that had zip ties were planning on zip tying Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. <clears throat> and boy, do they get their... Uh, Comeuppance. Their comeuppance. Not only did they not zip tie Nancy Pelosi, but they're all in jail now, and Trump didn't help a single one of those fuckers. That's right. Uh, but they still love him. 
And that's the same day that we have another birthday. Tommy Tiny Lister. Zeus. American film actor, professional wrestler, was born in Marina Del Rey. Remember, remember him, Tiny Lister from the Friday movies? Big giant dude. He was born in Marina Del Rey, California, uh, and he died in 2020 from a heart attack. But he attended Compton High School mm-hmm. in Compton, California. The mascot, horribly, was the Tar Baby. Oh, my God. That was their mascot yeah. at Compton High School. Oh and the school God. colors were green and white. Notable alumni that all went to the school are Tiffany Haddish, Dr. Dre, Robin Yount, Kendrick Lamar, and James Coburn. All went to the same high school. Wow. Isn't that crazy to mm-hmm. think of? But then our dogs are wrestling. June 25th was a Wednesday, and the collision between the cargo vessel, the SS Yaka, and the oil tanker MVRC Stoner occurred in the East River. Uh... The Yaka carrying a cargo of sugar was heading downriver and collided with the MVRC stoner, which was heading upriver with a cargo of heating oil. And the collision caused a massive explosion, and both vessels caught fire. The flames <laughs> spread to nearby docks, causing additional damage. Uh, the, the collision resulted in the deaths of two crew members and injured 35 others. But if it was hot oil and sugar, I bet it smelled great. Ew. The Manhattan Bridge was also damaged in the collision. The incident led to an investigation by the U.S. Coast Guard, which found that both vessels were at fault for the collision. Uh, so there you go. Um, there you go. And then on June 26th, according to reports, a married couple witnessed a disc-shaped object with a dome on top hovering over their car as oh. they were driving on Highway 99. The object reportedly emitted a bright light and made a high-pitched sound before flying away according to ChatGPT, and I said, I thought it was silent. And it said, yes, <laughs> the couple reported the sighting of the, to the police and local newspapers, and the incident received widespread media coverage at the time. Witnesses reported the object made a high-pitched sound. However, other reports suggested the object was silent. And ChatGPT got lippy with me and said, the details of the sighting vary depending on the source, and it's difficult to say for certain what exactly was witnessed. So and then I went on this rabbit hole asking ChatGPT if <laughs> aliens exist. Yeah. And it just kept saying it's inconclusive and while well, there's always people that think so, some say they don't know and yeah, we don't know for sure. Um, well, it's not omniscient. Yeah, I know it's not. Oh, you never know. Jeez. On June 29th, one of the most notable UFO sightings of June occurred near Trindale Island, Brazil. The sighting was witnessed by multiple people, including crew members of a Bra- Brazilian Navy ship and a photographer who managed to capture a series of photographs of the object. So you can mm-hmm. Google Trindade Island, T-R-I-N-D-A-D-E, mm-hmm. in Brazil, UFO, 1958. You can look at the pictures. Okay. The ph- photographs appear to show a disc-shaped object hovering over the water, and the incident is considered by many to be one of the most compelling UFO sightings in history. Hmm. And that's all we got for June. No, there are sightings every fucking day. There are. All the time, and they're being shot down. Like, yeah. So it's like, okay. Did you hear the? There latest? was a disc like, in the sky. Okay, <laughs> they're, yeah, they're all the cared. fucking time now. Now nobody cares. I think they're trying to desensitize us. us to it. So when they reveal, yeah, that our alien overlord Joe Biden is has been controlling us uh, for so long, or maybe we'll find out that like Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise are aliens. No, you sound like QAnon. I am. That's okay. I can be. I'll divorce you. You will. Okay. We'll we'll take a quick break and we'll come back with a a quick recap of July. But uh, go ahead on this break. 
I want you to listen to this ad for the other History for Jerks audio products and video products, products. including the Gruff and Loud show featuring the greatest human of all time, Steve Bishop. Or the Nerd School podcast featuring the other greatest human of all time, Art Star. We'll be right back. Watch the Gruff and Loud show on YouTube, you jerk. Edie Falco. Yeah. Are you familiar with Edie Falco? I I'm I I am a little bit more than aware of Edie Falco. I'm a fan of anything I've seen Edie Falco in. I'm a fan. I've been a fan of her work. Now, when you say fan, you're saying you're a fanatic. You're fanatical about Edie Falco. I I do understand where fan comes from, and I would like to <laughs> take this time to retract. <laughs> retract your statement. Well, if you're going right. to throw Get out fan as fanatic. No, I'm not a. I'm. Not, I am aware. And I. If I've you saw, if you saw Candace Bergen on the street, would you fangirl? I mean, uh, Edie Falco. Edie Falco. Yeah. Both. I would hope that I have the presence of mind to say thank you. Okay, you're in a three-way with Edie Falco, Irving Levine, and you. Who are you giving most attention to? Oh, Edie Falco. Okay. Check out the Gruff and Loud show. It's on YouTube. You jerk. The Nerd School Podcast. And you all watch the Hawkeye, all three episodes of Hawkeye. I still think right. generally bow and arrow guys are stupid, but <laughs> they did a great job of making that like, cool. Whoa, this dude's more than just the bow and arrow. The, the musical at the beginning was awesome, where it's like, I want this musical to exist. I want. <laughs> oh, I had the opposite thoughts of said musical. Hawkeye is one of many people who have been Ronin. In the third episode, we meet Maya Lopez, who is known as Echo. She's getting her own show as well. She's getting a spinoff of Hawkeye? Well, Maud was a spinoff. Did you know that? <laughs> They're gearing up to the Young Avengers, which is uh, what Kate Bishop girls. is from. They didn't know each other until they were old. So you... Well, you can have them like, going through the their Avengers. individual lives. Vignettes yeah. of Rose's back home and all her shenanigans. And, uh, back in hey, Ola, St. Ola. Yeah. <laughs> Sicily, 1912. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need we to make get... this. The Nerd School Podcast. Hey, jerk, listen to the Nerd School Podcast. Unless you want me to take off my shirt and show you my nipples. Okay, and we're back. Well, welcome back to American Timelines. I hope you didn't mind listening to those ads. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. So glad you listened to them. Oh, man. I hope you listen to Nerd School and watch the Gruff and Loud show. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Move uh, it on. Are you Move ready it to on. July? Yes. July 8th was a Tuesday of 1958, and the Recording Industry Association of America certified a record album as gold for the first time. After one million copies of, the, of, of this album sold. What was it? Guess what album? It was a soundtrack. Of a film musical. You want to guess what it is? 1958? Um, West Side Story. No. Duh. It was Oklahoma. Oh. And that's the same day that somebody was born. Hit it, Matt Truman. Ego trip. Amy. Amy hates birthdays. Amy hates birthdays. The same day that Kevin Bacon was born. Oh. 
you didn't, Philadelphia. You didn't even make me guess? No, I didn't even look up anything about him either. I just oh. happened to, I must have missed that Kevin Bacon was born. So I don't know anything where he went to school. I just know he was born in Philadelphia, which I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know the team mascot of the high school he went to. Thank I don't God. know anybody else that went to his school. Thank God. And we'll never know, and there's no way to find out. Listeners, we're going to have a little contest for History for Jerks listeners. If you look up what high school Kevin Bacon went to and let us know the mascot of the school and the team colors and tweet us at History for Jerks, we will send. I will send you an empty beer can of Little Slurp. That I just that I just finished drinking. Oh my god! What a prize! <laughs> we'll send you this empty beer can, um, in the mail. I'll send it in the mail, but I'll also slip in something nice too, something good. Not something great, just something good. Maybe like an old battery. Yeah. <laughs> Saturday, I'll actually send you our old lawnmower ba- battery that's dead. That I don't know what to how to dispose of. I'll there you mail go. you that. There you go. Congratulations, listeners, if you can tweet me that. Okay, July 12th, 1958 was a Saturday, and the Quarrymen, you ever heard of the Quarrymen? Yes. Who are they? Um, They were the precursor to the Beatles? Yeah, a liver puddlian musicians. Uh, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and drummer Colin Hanton, and keyboardist John Lowe. Uh, and there were a couple other people in there too, I think. So this one I got, I got frustrated with chat GPT because it said it kept changing Mm -hmm. these people, Rod Davis, Len Gary, Eric Griffiths, Pete Shotton. At some point there were 55 people in the quarry men. So there was a bunch of random people that weren't the Beatles, but on this date, Mm -hmm. uh, the quarry men, uh, made their first professional recording. Apparently they paid 17 shillings and six pence. Which is equal to $10 million today. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know what it's equal to. No. I have no idea what a shilling is. Or I don't know pence. what a pence is. Uh, but Mike Pence? My, uh, Mike Pence. I know what he is. He is a dandy. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, they made their first professional recording, a 78 RPM disc of their performance of In Spite of All the Danger, an original song by McCartney and Harrison, and a cover version of Buddy Holly's That'll Be the Day. Did you know that? No. That was their first recording. First time the Beatles recorded anything. Wow. Yep. And, uh, yeah, somebody played banjo on that, I think. What's happening here? Oh, it's a quick sketch. <laughs> Just two pictures of One dudes. is gruff and one is loud. Oh. It's the comic strip I'm working on. Okay, never mind. If, hey, Moving if, on. Hey, if the... Uh, Clan member uh, that created Dilbert can have a successful Sunday yeah, no comic. Kidding. So can I. No July nineteenth, nineteen fifty-eight, the Dockham Drugstore sit-in. Yes. Began. It was a civil rights protest that took place in Wichita, Kansas, and it's considered one of the earliest successful sit-ins of the civil rights movement. At the time, many restaurants and other public establishments were segregated. And African-American people were denied service or forced to use separate facilities. But at this time, a group of young African-American students in Wichita organized a sit-in at the Dockham Drugstore, which had a segregated lunch counter. And the students were members of the local chapter of the NAACP. They took turns occupying seats at the lunch counter and refused to leave until they were served. You want to guess how long it took? 
Three weeks. Oh, my God. The sit-in lasted three weeks, during which time the students faced harassment and intimidation from local residents and business owners. Despite the opposition, the sit-in drew national attention and inspired similar protests in other cities. Eventually, the Dockham Drugstore agreed to desegregate its lunch counter, making it one of the first such establishments in the country to do so. So it all was worth it. Yeah, it was a very important moment yes, in it civil was. rights history. And you, and you can tell everyone you know that it was July 19th is when that started of 1958. And then on Tuesday, July 29th, 1958, uh, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, mm-hmm. otherwise known as NASA, yep, came into existence oh. upon the signing of the National Aeronautics and Space Act into law by U.S. President Dwight D. Eisenhower. The U.S. House of Representatives had approved the creation of NASA on June 2nd, followed by a fl- slightly different bill approved by the U.S. Senate on June 16th. Uh, and then the compromise bill was passed by both houses of Congress here on July 16th, and then it be- went into law on July 29th, apparently. Tuesday, July 29th, 1958. Apparently, I either stopped looking up stuff, or that's all I have. Because that's all I got all for right. this episode Woo. of American Timelines by Weep History you. for Jerks. That's right, baby. Amy is a jerk, and I'm a jerk. And if you're listening, you're probably a jerk, too, because you like us. And that's right. only a jerk would like us, right? And it's time to get out of here, Chuck Berry. That is time to get out of here, Chuck Berry. And thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you, guys. Hey, give us a f- do us a favor. If you haven't rated, reviewed, and sub- subscribed, Please do all those do. things. Leave us a good review. We could use some more. A couple people gave us some one reviews because they hate our guts. Yeah, so I think it's people that know us and hate us. So give us some decent ones. And give us some good ones, and we will return the favor by sending you nude garbage. Picks. All nude right, nude picks. <laughs> That's that. Nude picks of who? Uh, it doesn't matter. Nude picks. Matt Truman Ego Trip is the greatest band of all time. Buy their music.